0: All right. Hello and welcome, to Just a Family. This is giving you something to talk about, or Just a Live TV, as I like to call it. My name is Melissa Kretschler. I am your host. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, as well as creator and founder of not only justalivetv.com, but also the Women, Cre- Women Supporting Women Can Network. Today, we're going to be talking about the process of loss. And for many of us, when we think of loss, we think of death and we think of end of life. And it's not always that so we're going to be focusing on the process of loss but also the the ways that we experience loss so today's episode is sponsored by carol Pink- pilkington <laughs> i always have to correct myself pilkington oh there i did it perfectly um carol's offering you uh her don't buy donation course so I love the I love the aspect of this course it's by donation it is creating joyful relationships she also has a quiz quiz for that that you can take to get maximum clarity before you take the course and find you know there's even a special gift at the end of that so go and check out those links they're in the description um follow like share the show get get to know us and join our newsletter and let's get started uh Carol would you like to introduce yourself
1: Oh, thank you, Melissa. It's a pleasure to be here with you. (laughs) So um, I'm a spiritual teacher and counselor, and I work with those that are going through chronic anxiety, midlife crisis, grief and loss. And I'm looking forward to sharing more about that as we um, go through this next hour. Um, And I work with people that are in their late 20s to mid fifties, generally, that's my, um, my audience. And I love working both with men and women because we're human beings above everything else. And we all experience these human conditions or feelings and experience feelings and emotions, right? So I don't say I only deal with I only work with this gender or that gender. We're all one. And I think what's, just to put a cap on that, I love the generation that we're in right now where where they they are not gender specific. They really approach life more at the being
0: level rather than the human labeling level. I love that too. a lot of what you said on what you do is very similar to what what I do. And I love that. I love finding other like minded men and women who who are focused on that healing and that judgment free space and and just really all inclusivity, right? Um, The only one of my businesses uh, that you'll notice is specific to women is the Women Supporting Women Can Network. Um, That's a particular reason. But again, it's, you know, it's not just cis women it's also transgender women it's also you know anybody who identifies as a woman is is welcome in that group so um, it is very important to note for for anyone watching or or even just carol and my and myself is that men have the same emotional capabilities as women. And for many years, men have been told that, you know, they're not allowed to embrace their emotions. or they're not allowed to express their emotions. And that's not a healthy thing that any of us should be experiencing or teaching um, our children. I have two sons and I've, you know, I've always told them, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel whatever it is that you're feeling, whether it's anger or sadness or, you know, happiness. It's, you're entitled to feeling that and part of that is loss right and it's not just it it's not just okay for men to cry when they've lost something or when they've lost somebody it's you know and to get into that and our topic of today is really just loss in general and like i was saying in the intro is that a lot of people will when they hear the word loss, so anybody watching or catching the replay, when you hear the word loss, what does that make you think? Does it make you think of death? Does it make you think of end of life? Does it make you think of losing things? Um, I challenge you to, to answer that question, because for most of it, that is what it is, right? It's we've lost something, or we've lost someone. And in reality, there are a lot of instances and circumstances that we experience that trigger that feeling of loss that feeling of grief and you know the end of a chapter not necessarily the end of life but the end of a chapter and and that i'd love to talk on that as well what do you think carol do you what do you think of that
1: i totally agree with that in fact um there are so many oftentimes incompletions throughout our lives that cause us grief, that cause us to mourn the the losses or the disappointments or the expectations that we've had over the years, whether in ourselves or in another, relationships that we've lost. Um, It's so important to validate those feelings that we have about all of these experiences in our lives so we we come into the world and we come in with a lot of expectations already put upon us i think for myself i'm going to speak for myself right here um when i started this journey i recognized that i was the product of my own parents unconscious unfulfilled expectations and they were all projected upon me and i had to recognize that, that that wasn't their fault that that's how they were brought into the world and so on and so on and so on it's generational oftentimes right Absolutely. and so I had to understand that as well. And when I began to recognize that, I saw my parents in a whole different light. I saw them more as human beings than just Carol's mother and father, and it enabled me to have a different relationship with them. So that's one of the areas of expectations that we, absorb actually that we don't even realize that we're carrying and it can go back generations and generations and generations especially
0: culturally yeah um how many times do we hear parents say i'm living vicariously through my children Or, you know, that's like you already said that goes hand in hand with, you know, not achieving goals when you set a goal and you don't achieve that goal, you have to mourn the loss of that goal right. And it's not a failure it's, you know, a shift right and and we'll get into the shifting after because you and I both know that's, that's the steps but. culturally like you were speaking about right a a lot of the times we continue the cultural belief that oh you have to finish high school and you have to go to college or university you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to get married by a certain age have children by a certain age and follow this path and do this and and it is very much cultural and and parental where they're putting those expectations on us that they want us to be a certain way for my children. As long as you're happy, I don't care what you do, (laughs) right? Make sure you're happy and that you can support yourself and we're good to go, right? Whatever that looks like, whether you want kids, whether you don't want kids, whether you don't want to get married or do you want to get, I don't care because it's not my life that you're living. It's yours. Right. And that's, that's putting yourself first, but um. Segwaying back into loss, uh, you mentioned relationships the end of relationships people don't realize that when you have a relationship that's quote unquote failed and I use it in quotations because I don't think there are failures but when it, when, a, when a relationship ends, it's a little bit different it's still a, it's still a death, right It's still a loss of somebody. you've that, that relationship has ended. So you think about when you lose somebody to death, right? It's a different process, similar, but a different process because that person's no longer there. You can't contact that person. You can't touch that person. You can't see that person. Unless, of course, you're a medium, then that's totally different. But for the most part, you don't have access to that person anymore, where at the end of a relationship, you still have access to that person. Right. So you're mourning just in a different way. You have to mourn that that relationship has ended when you, you know, if you walk away from a job or quit a job when you are fired from a job. So career, when you have a ton of money and then you don't have a ton of money when you have there's so many different aspects of life. Right. Uh, When a friendship ends, when, you know, the situations with your parents and it doesn't even have to be the end of those. It could just be, you know, changing jobs. It could be changing friendships or changing routines or, you know, becoming a parent, which is a great thing, right? I have, you know, four of my own. When you become a parent, it's, you know, you go through, I'm going to speak in a woman's perspective or even a man's. When you go through a pregnancy, you've got nine months, right, to prepare for that child, right? And you think you're doing that (laughs) every day. You think you're trying to prepare for that child. You get the nursery done, you buy all the clothes and all the stuff. And then that child comes and you don't realize just how much your life changes when that child's born or when that child is, is given to you in the case of adoption, right? You don't know how much your life actually changed and you have to mourn. The way that your life was prior to that, because now it's totally different. My husband, I mentioned in yesterday's episode, my husband dislocated and broke his ankle in three spots, right? In 40 years, he's never not been able to walk. And now he is stuck on the couch for the next two weeks, can't put any weight, can't drive, can't go swimming, can't do any of the things that we would be doing over the summer, because it's now stopped. And that in itself is a process of mourning and a process of loss, right? It' temporary, but it's still a process of loss. And we have to go through that.
1: Yeah, exactly. All these little things, seemingly little things, they, they, we push them down and don't acknowledge the feelings that we have around all of these different things that you've mentioned. And it's really important to do that because we get in touch with our humanity in that, in that way. When we recognize the feelings and emotions that we have around all these different episodes in our lives. Um, with regards to relationships ending, there's a, there's a passage that we must allow ourselves to go through between the time of the loss And what it meant to us, what that relationship meant to us, what did we learn about ourselves from that relationship? We need that time to really be able to get back in touch with who we are and what relationship actually means to us. Because it's from that place that we make better choices in the next relationships that we encounter all the time. And so it's never a failure. It's about the lessons that we learn. What have I learned now? What have I learned here? What what can I learn from this? I it's all about learning and growing and evolving. That's why we are here.
0: You have no idea how much I love that explanation. I wrote uh, a book, it's called On My Way to Us. And I wrote this book because I wanted to highlight all of my past relationships. And how each one of them, even though they ended, how each one of them was great in itself, but how each one of them taught me something I needed to learn to be where I am today. Something that I needed to, what I want to feel, what I want to be as a partner, right? Each relationship had a different lesson, how to put myself first, how to trust in myself, right? one I was cheated on, one I was used, one I was the user, right? And and I wasn't ready for the type of love that that person was giving me. And so I treated them like horribly, <laughs> horribly. And I'm not proud of that, but I did it, right? And I've made amends. We, we, you know, we've talked here and there. But every, like you said, every one of those relationships has a lesson in it, right? And you think of any relationship at the beginning of a relationship, you're in what the honeymoon period, right? Mm-hmm. And during that honeymoon period, and I'm going to go into, I, I do relationship coaching as well in my identity coaching. So I fall. I apologize everyone for this, but I have to go into it is when we get into a relationship, that honeymoon period, all of those, so it, we're, let's jump past the honeymoon period. Let's jump into five years later or 15 or 20 years later, right? If you even make it there. If you even make it there. (laughs) Let's jump to six months, a year down the road even, and say there's things that are starting to really annoy you, right? Maybe they're really clean and anal about it. Maybe they're really, you know, annoying when they eat, whatever that looks like. There are going to start to be, after the honeymoon period, things that annoy you about your partner right or things that grate on your nerves or or trigger your limiting beliefs whatever whatever it may be right those end relationships and the reason they end relationships is because you don't realize that all of those little traits that are annoying you now were actually there from the beginning but because you were so overcome with how much emotion you had for that person you didn't see any of that you looked past all of that can you imagine if we had the honeymoon period all the time not all the time but majority of the time when you can say you know what i know that the way you eat annoys the crap out of me but i love you and how much i love you means more to me than changing you than changing how you eat right and so anyway, that was my, se- that was my little tangent off to the side there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, but then there come the disappointments as a result of that honeymoon period ending. Each person puts the best foot forward. They want to emulate and project all the things within themselves that they actually feel are lacking. and when we, when that honeymoon period begins to wane, the true self of what we believe ourselves to be start, you know, poking through for each person, those belief systems, those negative feelings that we actually do have about ourselves, start poking through more and more and more and more. And so those things that were cute that we found about a person's quirkiness or personality we now find annoying is you know all the the um the you know the self-sabotage sorry
0: the self-sabotage too right yeah those those doubts start creeping in and then you start self-sabotaging right? That's right. I, I know a lot of people who instead of communicating or trying to understand communicating their feelings and thoughts, or their needs, they will focus on putting it on the other person. Right. Um, and then they nitpick at that person. And they're like, you're not That's doing right. this, you're not doing that. And it just this, it's that whole, it, it's a whole thing. Um, so anybody yeah, we, having we, issues we, in relationships, we, let's let's talk Either <laughs> <laughs> Carol and myself, let's talk. We know how right. those go. Um, I've been married now, uh, 13 years. We just celebrated 13 years. We've been together for almost 15. And again, I wrote that book because it was, it was crazy to me how many things I needed to learn in order to find him. Now you and I are spiritual. I'm married to my twin flame. I found my twin flame. And if I had, we, from the day for me grade six I can we can go all the way back for me grade six for him grade eight because he's two years older than I am um we were in the same place at the same time repeatedly I detail that in the book too I'm not promoting the book I'm just telling you all um (laughs) but we can detail back to as grade six how we were in the same place at the same time I remember seeing him five years before we met Wow, and if we had met at that time, I wouldn't have been ready. He wouldn't have been ready, right? We had to go through those processes. So let's talk about uh loss as a process because that's our that's what we're doing like any even grief, right Grief there's stages. there's what I think is it nine stages to grief. ish I I
1: don't there. I think people get confused because it's really about the nine stages or the seven stages of death. Yeah. Grief doesn't have stages particularly.
0: Okay. Um, That was my, my wording fail. Yeah. So the seven stages of death. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the process of loss though, is it's individual. You still have to go kind of through the similar process, but depending on who you are and how you process things, that process may look different or it, you know, you may skip a step or you may do step three before step one or whatever that looks like. Right. We all, we all process it differently. I think the biggest thing for me when it pro- when it comes to processing any loss is actually processing it. Right. That's my number one. You need to process it. Absolutely. I think grief, I think it, What I have discovered
1: in my own um, life is that there's grief and then there's suffering. So grief comes at the point of which we recognize that a loss has occurred. That's the first thing, recognizing that, oh, I feel a loss within of dot, 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 whether it's a person, a pet, um, a particular experience that we wanted to have, whatever it is. loss of identity and then from there we go about looking at the nature of the loss to understand it and be able to feel into it. We need to be able to allow ourselves to feel into that loss and what it is and become very intimate with it. And when we can do that, that's where the healing process begins. And then there's the necessary point at which we must accept what is. I've had this loss. This is what I think it means to me right now. It can change, it can morph as we morph and grow. And we learn more and more and more because life is multi-layered, right? And so when we begin to accept things as they are then too, that healing process becomes greater and we don't have to suffer. But when we pull everything into the present from the past regarding the circumstances around the loss and we don't accept it and put it in its proper place within our lives, then it becomes suffering. And we suffer through our lives because we haven't been able to fully accept the isness of what happened.
0: Yep. It's like victim and victim mentality, right? I always tell people, and, and being victimized is lost. You, you do experience exceptional loss when you've been victimized. Um, But the difference, again, and, and I can explain this as well to other people, is if you've been victimized, let's say your house is broken into and you've been victimized, the moment you realize that your house has been broken into, that is the only point in time you are actually a victim. You are no longer a victim once you've realized it because you have now it's past tense. You were victimized, right? You are no longer a victim and when people are constantly sitting in the role of a victim that's a victim mentality they're no longer a victim but they're suffering being a victim right right and then it becomes that victim mentality right we did an entire episode on that one (laughs) a few weeks ago (laughs) because it is we when we don't process and that doesn't mean you have to like what's happened um People always say to me, Melissa, you're really negative. And I said, it's not that I'm negative and I don't wish negativity on anybody, but when you can take any, we're all guaranteed negativity. There are three things in life. We are guaranteed taxes, death, and negativity. Those are the three guarantees, right? Nothing else is guaranteed. Right? So as you go, nobody, and, and I mean, nobody is free from negativity. Nobody, even even the most successful, beautiful people in this world are not free from negativity. It, it, you're guaranteed it. So I like to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Obviously, I don't want negativity to happen to anybody. But it's a guarantee. It's happened. It's now past tense. I'm not saying get over it. I'm not saying any of that because no way do I ever say that. I don't like it. Um, But processing it and saying, hey, you know, this has now happened, and while I don't like that it happened and it was traumatizing that it happened, it's now time to say, okay, that's now happened, how can I use this to my benefit, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not benefit as in, oh, I'm going to remain in a victim mentality and use it to get money or fame or anything like that. It's how can I use this to make myself stronger, to make myself smarter, to make myself more whole? How can I use it to fight, to bring awareness, to, you know, all of that. I see so many victims of horrible crimes who turn around and share their stories to inspire others to be strong to be you know to to find their own healing and process processing is about acknowledging that okay it's happened this has happened right it doesn't matter what situation you're in the first thing I ask all of my clients is you have to embrace whatever it is that you're feeling whatever it is it doesn't matter whether it's one of the most horrendous feelings or one of the most positive emotions you have to acknowledge and accept all of your emotions for what they are a lesson when you're experiencing a negative emotion there's a lesson behind it either your circumstances need to change your um, mental health needs to change your beliefs need to change right i coined the term many years ago that your emotions create your reality and your rea- your mindset creates your emotions because That is exactly what happens, right? Your emotions are a reaction to what you think. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. It's really important to understand that from my experience that I'm here to learn. And we only seem to learn through crisis. And that's just the nature of being human there. We cannot avoid pain, like you were saying, but it's how we, how we move forward from the, from the pain, being able to see it, being able to accept it, being able to learn from it. And then carrying that forth into our life. What does it mean to be human? Yep. Megan, go ahead. No. Um, and. I have, um, I know some people that say that they don't want to carry all of this, whatever they, whatever lessons they're not learning up till now, they don't want to carry that into their next life. So there's a sense of urgency that sometimes comes from crisis of knowing that, oh, I really am supposed to be learning from all of these things that are happening to me. There's a, like a light bulb that sometimes goes off in people's heads that, oh, I need to learn some things here. And I'm being shown time after time after time that I need to pay attention and listen and see what it is I'm supposed to be learning here. Because they don't want to carry it into the next life, if there is a next life at all. Some people have different belief systems about that. Um, but what if? I mean, just let's let's play for a little bit. What what if? What if we do get to come back, or we must come back to learn some some more lessons? Wouldn't it be nice to have learned some lessons and be able to carry those into whatever that next life looks like?
0: Yep. A lot of the time, uh, so I do believe in past lives. I do past life regression myself um well i'm trained in it i don't do it because i don't i don't it takes too much of my time (laughs) i've done it for myself um with past life regression though uh or with any any current life if you do believe in past life or not um when you've mastered something so if you come into this life and you are confident and you take charge and you're well-rounded and things don't bother you in it de- well let me flip that around sorry we're, we're going to backtrack on that one if you come into this lifetime and you have an irrational fear right that irrational fear majority of the time is caused by a past life so if you're afraid of snakes right maybe you had a traumatic experience with snakes in a past life right because you think about it past lives are from you know we we weren't as modern in past lives so your ability to get bit by a snake was probably a lot higher <laughs> in one of your past lives than it is now but if you come into this life with an irrational fear that's unprocessed right that's something that has not been processed from a past life that you've carried forward if you can, I spiders for me it's been spiders I, I am terrified of spiders. They have never once hurt me, but I am freakishly terrified of them and I do not like them. And again, that's an unprocessed fear from a past life that I don't like. Um, and I probably could go and change it, but I'm, I'm not ready to face that one yet. But again, that's that trauma. That's the trauma that you're talking about that you carry forward, right? Or karmic relationships. Mm-hmm. If you don't learn from your relationships, and you come into this life right and you're like oh i feel like i've known you forever and the person turns out to be absolutely horrendous that's a karmic relationship that is an unprocessed relationship from a past life or it's you creating horrific relationships because your self-worth is gone um either which way but i love that you've highlighted that and that you know there are so many different ways that we process right and when we don't pop for me negativity is the catalyst of positive growth and and one of my favorite quotes and of course i i coined it myself i like coming up with unique things so i apologize um i don't apologize i love coming up with unique things so i'm gonna share them but uh when it comes to that negativity when you don't process you think of a volcano right a volcano can sit dormant for many years it doesn't mean that that lava is not churning right Mm -hmm. as the pressure builds in that volcano eventually it will erupt because it has nowhere else to go the pressure has become too great it has nowhere else to go we are like volcanoes right you think of spiritual bypassing you think of you know people nowadays the positivity movement oh i can't stand it cancel culture can't <laughs> stand it spiritual bypassing can't stand it because all it's teaching us is one that we don't have to process negativity which is crap um and i will i will swear on that one because i can't like that gets me absolutely riled up um number 2 is that you look at covid and i don't talk about covid often but you look at covid right So for all the people who were doing positivity movement, spiritual bypassing, crushing down any negativity or processing or any of that, any negative emotions or traumas or anything, pushing it down, right? You're building more pressure. For a lot of people, COVID hit and it was a smack in the face. You had Mm -hmm. no choice but to deal with that negativity. No choice. That was your volcano.
1: Right. You were left with yourself. Exactly. All the escaping, the distractions that people would go through normally were not at their disposal to do any longer. Mm-hmm. So they had to sit, literally sit with themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where yeah. all the anxiety and the fears built up were really coming forth to be seen. It was actually, <clears throat> that period of time was actually a blessing and a curse in, dis- in disguise.
0: Yep. Um, covid for my family and i did get covid at the beginning of january um i was down and out for 2 weeks but before the january of this year covid didn't affect me like it affected everybody else mm-hmm. i covid was actually i got to spend time with my family i was it, it it didn't negatively impact my life the way that it did for a lot of people and i think it's because i process things as they come i don't have to have knock on wood, <laughs> not very often do I have to have a traumatic experience that goes, whoa, you need to really reevaluate who you are right now. I don't have to do that because I've already done that, right? And and same with you, right? Yeah, You've already done that. It's it's a process. And talking about the process of loss, we're doing that all the time. Loss of freedom, loss of our voice, loss of identity, like you said. I'm an identity coach, so that one's huge for me, right? Um, life crises at all when you become a parent that is a life crisis people don't realize that you lose your identity when you become a parent and it doesn't have to be that way when you put all of your effort into being a full-time career person whether that's business or entrepreneur or 9 to 5 whatever that looks like you lose yourself to that career because you put everything into it you lose yourself to your marriage you lose yourself when how many people go through a midlife crisis when they retire when they hit 40 when they 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 become empty nesters whatever that looks like relationships fail at that point because you're like who who are you never mind who are you who am i right your kids leave now you don't put all of your attention and effort into your kids and you don't know who the hell you are because you haven't put any effort into yourself you it, it's that process
1: also leaving college and going out into the world to make your make your own you know developing your own self into the life without the family you know that's a a, that can be a crisis point as well um
0: especially things yeah especially if you're not taught right um i've noticed that um not my generation or your generation but my children's generation is horrible for coping skills absolutely horrible for knowing who they are I I'm not saying so bear with me because I haven't done research so bear with me I'm not saying that suicide hasn't happened prior I'm not saying that bullying hasn't happened prior it absolutely has but the rise in bullying the rise in uh, and I know social media does play a part in that. But the rise in, in bullying, the rise in, in, you know, suicide for anybody, and that's not just children, but uh, young adults and adults as well. All of those rises come down to a lack of, of, of coping skills. They don't know who they are. They don't know how to cope with what they're feeling. They don't know how to process what's going on in their lives or in their identity. And they feel they have no choice but to take their own lives.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that's that's a lack of processing right right they've lost a vital piece of themselves and they don't know how to get it back that's why I started identity coaching my then 14 year old son was cutting he was self-harming he got into drugs and alcohol he was self-medicating because he couldn't process his emotions and going back to why I started this aspect of the conversation is because even my, my younger children, right? I'm teaching them how to process their emotions. I'm teaching them that it's okay for them to feel whatever it is that they're feeling, as long as they're not taking it out on me. I'm teaching them, what do you like? Who are you? Right? I'm teaching them mutual respect. If I tell you, if you come up to me and say, mom, I need something. I'm busy right now. You need to give me five minutes, right? I need to give them that same respect, mm-hmm. right? they we need to be focusing on those things and how to process being an actual human being cre- our identities were created as kids that's when we figure out who we are and it's stressful as hell stressful
1: <laughs> so true so true um we don't come in with a manual on how to be human, do we? <laughs> and with that, you know, we are going to face various crises and and things in our life. And it's wonderful that your children have you as that support system to validate who they are, to validate their feelings and emotions. Um, most of us are not that lucky. No, And we have to find a way to validate ourselves, take responsibility for our emotions and our feelings so that they don't get projected in negative ways out into the world. And that's that's really vitally important for our own um, humanity and for our own success at learning the
0: lessons that we need to, to learn. I had to do it with myself first. Right. Um, Like I said, my oldest who's going on 20 this year, (laughs) he's the one who had the issues. And if anybody wants to see his story, we he actually did the very first episode of just a live TV with me, you can only find it on Facebook or YouTube. So go and check that out if you want to see his story. Um, Not that he talks very much, but (laughs) but his story and I had to, he was the one who kickstarted. He's the reason I started coaching. At that point in time, I was dealing with him, two of my favorite musicians had committed suicide. I had done readings for two 13-year-old girls who were the same age as my son who within 5 minutes of the reading are bawling because they don't know who they are, they don't know what to do, their lives are changing and they don't know how to handle it. So, I had to figure that all out. Uh when I met my husband, and one of the reasons I wrote the book was because when I was in previous relationships, if I felt hurt instant, I'm volatile and vindictive. If I felt hurt or busted into a corner, you were going to get my full wrath. I didn't care who you were, or how much I loved you. You were going to get my full wrath. When it came to him, it was, okay, nope. I don't want to say or do anything while I'm mad. That's going to irreparably hurt our relationship. I need a timeout. And I started taking my own timeouts and I started that 15 years ago and it's gotten easier and easier and e- he hates it, but it's gotten easier and easier and easier. Um, but I know how to talk to people and I know how to remove my or calm my emotions enough so that I can process them and have a logical, meaningful conversation with my husband and not put it on him. Right. Right and not put it on him. And I've taught I'm teaching my daughters how to do that. I'm teaching my husband how to do that. My sons how to do that, how to have meaningful conversations and not say you made me feel this way. Instead they're saying, you know what? I feel this way when you did that. And it's it starts with you. So for anybody watching, that vital part of knowing your identity and knowing how to process your own emotions, it does really start with you. If you want to teach your kids how to be strong in their identity and strong in who they are. It starts with you, you lead by example. If you're reactive, you're not going to help them.
1: That's so true. When we take responsibility for ourselves, then we can really have the relationships that we we truly want and desire and, and need. We need others in our lives. I mean, we we can't live without us. We're social beings, but the better we show up for ourselves, the better we show up for others, and the better and the higher quality of relationships we have. Um, You know, having difficult conversations is really about being able to acknowledge how we feel in a very neutral place and also being able to acknowledge that for another. When somebody takes responsibility for the things that they've said or done and the way they feel about various things, I can't ask for anything more than that. I I so appreciate that. And I love the person even more for doing that. Because that's, that's an honest way of being. It's authentic. When we can be honest and authentic with ourselves, we can open that up for others to be that as well. Yep. And that's part of completing the cycles of communication, completing cycles of action, so that those losses diminish over time more and more and more. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about before that you had mentioned with as we have learned to um, work through our losses and accept things as they are, we the, there's a velocity with which that begins to happen more and more. So I don't stay in upset for long periods periods of time. I don't let things linger. There's a velocity with which I process so that I'm not processing for my whole life over over all the things that have happened. I see it, I let it work through me, however that needs to happen and it's done. I'm able to be more present to the life that I'm actually living right here, right now.
0: That is so important and it's it's crazy how how many things open up for you, how much your life changes. And not changes as in huge, big, big life changes. Your perception of your life changes when you're able to process what's going on in them, right? Like you said, there is that velocity. I I am more upset when one of my animals passes than I am when a human passes now don't get me wrong if my husband or children and I would be devastated and I would that would take me a while to process but I'm not talking just about death I'm talking about loss or you know I and and this sounds harsh and it's really not I have an easier time walking away from relationships than I ever had and it's not I hate you I don't like you and it's all your fault it's 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 actually not that right it's It's
1: not working for you or them
0: right now it's I'm letting you go and I'm doing what's best for myself right Mm -hmm. and I'm not putting it on you I wish you well I wish you luck um I I this is not working for me and it's being able to when you acknowledge and process acknowledging what you're feeling, process those things, learn the lessons that you're supposed to learn you start creating a stronger connection to your own identity, to your needs, to your voice, to your, to everything about you, how you express yourself. And it opens up those lines of communications. It opens up your own personal power where it's like, okay, now I can tap into this power and I can tell you what I need without saying you did this, or I need you to pick this up and do better. I, it's not, it's, I need to, to feel this way right our life is and you and i were talking about this before we started is our life is entirely based on our emotions right what we believe we create if you have a belief in your system that you're not worthy right or that you are a victim because loss loss creates a victim mentality when you feel like you're a victim you are going to make every decision about that emotion of you being a victim right? So your decisions, your choices, any actions you take, any words you speak are going to be based on a victim mentality. That's not good for you, right? But when you process that and you say, I'm stronger, you know what I mean? I know how to identify, you know, if it's an an end of a relationship, right? And you were victimized in that relationship. How are you stronger now? You left that relationship you put yourself first. How strong does that make you feel? Right. And it's their perception. Right. Exactly. It's the perception. And you start to tap into that power. And that's how, that's why processing loss is so important because you start, you process it and you leave it where it is. You don't have to keep going back to that trauma or that loss. You've processed it It doesn't emotionally affect you as much anymore. You know, you might feel sad for a moment when you think about it, or you might feel like, you know what, I, that was a, that was a very powerful time for me. Right. And then you move through and then you're like, oh, now, now you can focus on the here and now, now you can focus on making the decisions that are for your higher good or your greater good or to move you forward. Once you've started to process, I'm no longer there.
1: Right. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. It's really important to um, allow that, that process to occur and unfold and so that we can be more present to the life that we're living now. It, it's better for us. It's better for those that are in our lives. You know, the people in our lives want to see and experience
0: all of us, every bit of us in the yep. here and now well and that is the other thing right is we are sorry we had a couple teach you how to love um a comment we have teach me how to love um that is a very in-depth question yeah. Without knowing you or picking up on your energy, or you know having um, some time to, to speak with you, I, c- I can answer that question vaguely and say that loving—Are you wanting to love yourself or others? That that would be my biggest question first. Is are you wanting to learn how to love yourself or learn how to love others? That I, I can answer either one, but I need a little bit of clarity on that one. But um, when it comes to processing um you don't want and and for everybody watching I want you to hear this are you just living from loss to loss are you just literally jumping from loss to loss are they piling up on each other and that's what you're living for is when is the next shoe going to drop when am I going to lose this when am I going to lose that you're not in the here and now the beautiful part about our lives are the people in it, are the experiences we have, good and bad, are the lessons that we learn, are living in the moment. We don't want to be jumping, jumping back and forth to the next loss and allowing each loss to hold us trapped in five years ago, in six months ago, in a month ago, just to wait another five, ten years for the next loss and not live right um one of our one of our people watching said i lost my father been hard since that absolutely losing a parent is hard um my process of loss is when it comes to actual death is i had i look at it differently right obviously it's sad it does I cry I'm, I'm down and out for you know probably a week I can't think about the person without bawling my eyes out but as I'm going through that I'm thinking I, I'm not thinking of what I'm missing out on going forward I think that's one of the biggest things of loss is thinking about how much you've you've actually lost instead of thinking about how much you've had Right. Thinking yeah, yeah. about what you've lost, you can think about that, but don't sit in it because that those are what ifs, you know what I mean? What mm-hmm. if you don't do that? You know, if you've if, if you're. Let's say you haven't graduated and you've lost a parent. What if you don't graduate? You thinking about what if they're not they're not going to be there for my wedding or the birth of my first child or my graduation or my success? number one, I'm spiritual, so I believe they're there anyway. Number two is, what if you don't do any of those things? What if those situations weren't, wouldn't be as great if they were around? Right? You can, you can think about all the things that you've lost, but think of all of the things you've had, right? I think my biggest thing with, with actual death. Is that every time somebody I love passes away, one, I'm grateful that for the time that I've had with them. Mm-hmm. Two, I think about what they would want. Would they want me to be happy? Would they want me to sit and mourn? Right? Would they want what? What would they want for me? Because we're we're most of us are people pleasers or or tend to you know jump into the people pleaser role ask yourself what they would want. Would they want you to sit, sit unhappy and, and sad? And I'm not saying not to be. I'm saying process it, right? And, and think about all the things that you did have. When the other thing that I think of with, with death is that how can I make my life matter more, right? Death reminds me that we're all guaranteed death. All of us are guaranteed to, to die at some point. And Am I going to spend the next 5, 10, 20 years of my life sitting in loss? Or am I going to make the best of my life? Because death reminds us that we do have an expiration date. All of us. None of us are free from it. But we got whatever time we had we've got. We've spent time with loved ones. But if you think about loss, and to the person who's, who's lost their father watching, and I hope you're still watching, is... I'm sorry for your loss. Absolutely. It's never easy. It's not fun and it's not easy. And I feel your pain. I lost my father at 16. While we didn't have a good relationship, I still, I lost my father. And how many years, who do you still have? you might not have anyone right now you might not have anyone for five years right if you're depending on your life situation if you have a partner or children or friends and family how much are you missing out on, on in life by sitting in that loss by not processing by not finding yourself again absolutely when we lose a parent or a sibling or a friend or or anybody we lose a part of ourselves. that's what it feels like find that person again they may have changed, but find them again and let them know it's okay.
1: Yeah, I lost, um, my, my mother died when I was 20. So it was before I began to see her or have a relationship with her as a, just as a, another human being, you know, it's at that age where it's kind of pivotal and, but, After she passed and years went by, I got to really appreciate her for who she was. Um, She was a lioness when it came to her children and and protecting them. And so I got to appreciate that. Um, She had a strength and a sense of humor that was absolutely wonderful. She was creative. She was an artist that I I didn't even realize all those years. I, I didn't know that about my mother. So I got to, I actually got to have an appreciation for her more after she passed away and I cherish that which I had for that short period of time with my mother to recognize her for who she was as a human being. Yeah. And I love that. My whole perspective shifted about my mother after she died. Yeah. And I, um, it was just wonderful.
0: Yeah. I ended my relationship with my mother um, about five years ago. Um, we have no communication. i never plan to have communication. Um, even that's a process of loss, right? Is sure. is being okay to let that go. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm okay with it. I'm, you know, I'm trying not to hold animosity or anger with the situation. But of course, when you love hard, <laughs> you feel hard. Um but you think about my children even, right? If, if, God forbid, and knock on wood, if something happened to me. My children are all young, the only ones who are getting to know me for me are the older two, not the younger two, but the older two, right, because they're now adults, they're now seeing who they are, and they're able to see where I'm at, and the type of person I am without it being oh mom's the boss and mom (laughs) mom says this and you have to do that and there isn't that that anger and animosity as the learning and the rules and regulations and and all the stresses of being you know a child and a parent so losing losing a parent at 20 yeah you're you're just kind of starting to figure out who they are and seeing them in a different way right where Mm -hmm. it's not it's not just mom, I need you, or mom, you're here to feed me, or mom, you're here to clothe me, or whatever it is. It's mom's an actual person or dad's mm-hmm. an actual person. And how cool is it that I get to know them as another person. Right. And so it's but even without loss, we get that. It's kind of like a loss, right? Because we're losing our image of our parents as our as our, you know, mommy or daddy. It's now survival. It's now mom. (laughs) Look at you! (laughs) And and it's relearning who your parents are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I did want to say to that one person that mentioned, "How do I love?" um, What I would recommend, and this is a question. This is this actually speaks to the nature of our existence. Is inquire into the nature of love. What is love? Who am I? These are all um, essential questions of, that speak to our, our existence. And when you ask the question, deeply inquire into the question, what is love? You might be surprised at what you come up with, yep. what you arrive at. You might discover that you are love itself. And when we come from that place, we don't have to look for it outside of us.
0: Yeah. We did an episode yesterday called What is Self-Love as well? So that's that would be a good one to check out. Uh for anybody catching this or watching the replay, go and take a look at the episodes that we've done. We have today is episode 90 already of the show, <laughs> which is crazy and amazing. Uh, 10 more episodes, and we are at episode 100, and I can't wait. I'm, this, is, this has been quite the journey on the show. Um, is there anything you'd like to add before we get going, Carol?
1: I just want to say thank you for this hour. It went, like, super fast, and I really appreciated the um, conversation. Um, I am offering a Creating Joyful Relationships course. It's free. And donation-based and like Melissa said earlier all the links to that are in the um are in there so I look forward to carrying on the conversation and feel free to get in touch with me
0: absolutely it's usually what I end off saying Carol no I'm kidding (laughs) No, but seriously, if anybody wants to get a hold of myself or Carol, our information is linked into the description of this video or this podcast, whichever way you are watching and or listening. Um, Carol, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I love this conversation and it's really needed to understand that the process of loss is processing it. (laughs) that's that's for everybody watching processing loss is really processing it it's not you don't have you know a ton of steps you have to follow everybody's individual individual on how they do process it it's just actually processing it um and people like us can teach you how and and help you through that journey so reach out to either myself Mm -hmm. or carol if you're interested in um as i just keep talking sorry (laughs) All right. For anybody watching, please like follow and share the show. Join our newsletter at just If you would like to, again, reach out to myself or Carol, please do so links in the description, check out Carol's quiz and her free course, creating joyful relationships. Go and check those out if you want to create joyful relationships with yourself and others, because who doesn't want joyful? Starts. right? Exactly. All right. Well, for all of you watching, again, go join our newsletter, catch the replay if you would like to be a guest speaker, or if you'd like to see a topic featured on the show, please reach out to me, justalivetv.com, or across our social media platforms. You can find us everywhere at Just Alive TV. As well, all of you, lots of love. I hope that you learn how to process. I am Melissa Kretschler. I am your host, and I will see all of you on the next episode.
1: Bye. Bye.